Strokes of Country. Welcome to your side serving of Strokes of Country in association with BBR Music, produced by Why Now, where we will bring you the best of country, folk, Americana, and more. I'm Ross, one of your hosts, along with Holly and Kira, who will be joining me for our full episode on whynow.co.uk. Today's guest is Drake Milligan. Kira caught up with the overdrinking, underthinking singer to talk about his brand new album, Dallas Fort Worth, and to ask him for his pick for the banger that should have been. You can listen to the extended edition of this interview on whynow.co.uk, where we'll have music from Drake and others, including Pillbox Patty, Margot Price, Russell Dickerson, Eddie Smith and the 507, and many more. Plus, Ross and I take on Holly's infamous lyrics quiz, Two Chords and a Lie, and we'll also take a deep dive into songs that were famously banned or censored. For now, here's Drake Milligan. Hi, Drake. Thank you for joining us here at Strokes of Country um, in London. And I just suppose the best place to start is to talk about how much of a kind of whirlwind year you've been having. You reached the final of America's Got Talent and then you dropped your debut studio album, a double one at that, and have since hit the road touring. Um, That's crazy. (laughs) It's, uh, It's been quite the whirlwind this year. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time last few years, you know, just kind of wishing I was out on the road all the time and, and had a record out and now I'm here and it feels pretty good. Yeah. How does it, how's it been since like being on the road and touring? Uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's really, things have changed a lot uh, here recently, ever since, uh, America's got talent, you know, people are showing up to shows and, uh, singing along and singing along to every song on the record. And uh, it's been really cool to see, you know, not just crowds showing up, but the type of crowd showing up. There's been, you know, the kind of older crowd, you know, old, older Elvis fans, uh, and then they'll bring like their granddaughters or grandsons and they enjoy the show too. And everybody enjoys the show together. So it's kind of cool to see a, a kind of wide range of, of people showing up to the shows. For sure. I mean, that's, I suppose that's something to be said about your music in a way is that it's got such a kind of cross generational appeal to it, I suppose, because of your influences. Can you tell us a bit more about the kind of people and the artists that have inspired you to write the music that you do today? Yeah. You know, I grew up in, uh, I grew up just South of Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, it's kind of a hotbed for, for country music. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of, a lot of country music. My parents listened to, listen to the old stuff, uh, you know, the Merle Haggard, George Jones, uh, Vern Gosden. And, and really I grew up on, on that. And as well as, you know, one of my heroes is George Strait and, and, you know, guys from the nineties, like Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, uh, all the way up to like Dirk Bentley. And, uh, it, it kind of all changed for me when I discovered, uh, who Elvis was. I never really listened to any Elvis or, or, anything like that. I'd always grown up listening to country and loved that. Went to shows, but I never put it together that I could, you know, entertain until I saw, uh, until I, you know, saw a video of Elvis. And I I actually discovered him through an Elvis tribute artist, if you will, an impersonator and just out eating with my family by total accident. Just he happened to be playing in the restaurant. I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so I, uh, when, Watched every Elvis video I could find and, and 
every movie and every performance I could find. And, uh, and just really, you know, it, it was where I put it together that, okay, music is something that, that can be performed and I can entertain. And it's not just, it's not just songs. It's not just stories, but it's, it's kind of a, uh, interactive thing. And that's really where I put it together and really wanted to start, uh, doing it. I wanted to start playing music and, and performing for people. You actually kind of started out. There's a kind of nice cohesion to your love for Elvis in a way and how it's launched your own career as well in terms of were you, am I right in saying that you were kind of scouted whilst busking as Elvis? Uh, (laughs) Uh, A little bit, a little bit. I was, I was casted in the show called Sun Records that was on CMT. It aired in, in, in 2017. We filmed it in 2016 and, and, you know, I, it was an open call audition. I found out about it uh, on, on, on really Facebook. And I was, uh, I was in high school and, and in my last year of high school and was planning on going to college. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was something I was like, all right, I'll go for this and try it out. And sure enough, I, yeah, I, uh, I got the part. And two weeks later, you know, two weeks after that audition found out that I had the part and then left high school and, finished online and then went to work on that TV show. So that was, you know, it was in in a way, you know, I got discovered through, uh, through Elvis, you know, through, through my days of, of studying Elvis and, and kind of emulating him. And, and I I felt like I spent a lot of time preparing for that part. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I, I, I suppose since that moment, your life has been completely different, really. Um, even in, in terms of, it really has. In terms of the Elvis kind of style as well, your voice is so like rich and low in such a similar way. Um, was that, was, I don't know, when you were younger, was that, has that always been the kind of way that you sing with that kind of tone or was that something you tried to kind of pick up as well? Well, it definitely wasn't there from the start. I mean, I started, uh, I really started kind of singing uh, and, and performing, you know, um, as a, as an ETA, uh, really when I was about eight or nine. And mm-hmm. so, you know, at that point I didn't, of course, didn't have the, the low voice, but, um, yeah, <laughs> but I think, I think I may have in a way, um, even if it was kind of subconsciously, uh, I, I think I trained my voice really, uh, cause I just started from a young age, just trying to sing like Elvis. I think I really kind of trained that baritone into my voice. Um, in a way, and my, my dad's got a really deep voice too. Um, he, he could, he could be a singer if he wanted to. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, I think it's, you know, half genetics and I think half just kind of training my voice. And I've always gravitated towards those kind of baritone singers, I, you know, George Strait, yeah. uh, Elvis, uh, even Vern Gosden and Josh Turner. I've always kind of really gravitated towards those guys. So, um, you know, it's half influence, half I think, genetic too. Nice. So obviously you grew up in Texas um, and that's a lot of, of the kind of inspiration behind your new album now. Can you tell us a bit about what went into making the album? Because obviously it's a double album as well, which is a pretty big statement for your first full length release. Well, yeah, I mean, these were so really these songs are kind of a culmination of all the songs I've written in my last five years in Nashville, I've been at Nashville about five years ago. And then, uh, you know, within a couple of years, I started working with Broken Bow Records and, yeah. and, you know, we started cutting songs and we were kind of ready to go with an EP right at about March of 2020. Uh, most of these songs I've, 
were recorded in 2019 and 2020. And uh, really all the songs were. And so, you know, we were kind of ready to go there. And then, you know, of course, uh, COVID struck and, and wasn't able to release anything. And, but luckily, you know, I was really able to keep writing, uh, you know, through zoom and, and, and keep writing and then keep going in the studio. You know, we just kind of kept on cutting stuff. If I had a song that came along that I felt, um, I wanted to, I wanted to cut and, you know, I'd written something that that was good. I, I co-wrote all 14 songs on this. So, mm. you know, as I, as I would come along with song and, and, you know, we go in and cut it. And, and finally we just had a big kind of pile of songs. We had these 14 songs and not really knowing what to do with it. And, uh, it was actually Adrian Michaels at my label, Stony Creek Records. He, we were sitting there talking one day, and he's just like, "Man, your music's like Dallas and Fort Worth. There's these two completely different, you know, sides of it." Yeah, and it's true. You know, Dallas and Fort Worth. I grew up on the Fort Worth side of things, and we have the stockyards. It's very, you know, we have Billy Bob's Texas. It's very, uh, very kind of traditional um, kind of city. You know, really kind of holding on to its roots. And then Dallas is a big city, and and kind of trying to, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's sprawling. It's, it's, I call it a little more polish on the boots, you know, it's still Texan, but it's, it's just a big city and, and, and really progressive. And, and so I feel like that's uh, the two sides of my music too. And, and Adrian pointed that out. I was like, man, that's, and that, that's when the light bulb came off, came, came on of like, man, this is, this could be the record right here. Yeah. Um, and we could really just, you know, it's a way to put out all these songs and split them down the middle. And, and sure enough, we were able to split them down the middle and half of them are kind of the honky tonking sticking to my traditional roots. And then half of them are, uh, are kind of my, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, radio friendly, maybe a little more rocking, yeah. uh, tracks, uh, or maybe a little more polished up, um, still, you know, country and, and all that, but just maybe a little more trying to, you know, uh, stretch the boundaries a little bit. So in terms of like, songs kind of relating to certain places which you've split down the middle with your album you said you've been in Nashville now for five years have you noticed any changes in terms of the way you approach your music from not being in Texas anymore or do you notice a difference in the country community between the two places well I really try to bring you know when I moved to Nashville I you know there's a there's a huge Texas music scene yeah. Um, a lot of great music has come out of there. Wade Bowen, Randy Rogers, Pat Green, uh, now, you know, Randall King, Cody Johnson, Parker McCollum, you know, there's these great Texas kind of music scene. And I really wanted to, I really wanted to bring some of that Texas to Nashville is what, what, when I moved to Nashville, I really wanted to kind of stay true to my Texas roots, but you know, here in Nashville, you just have, you know, all roads end up really leading here. There's the great, the greatest musicians, uh, I think in the world are here. Uh, the greatest songwriters and oh, country music are here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the greatest studios, it's, it's such a hotbed for it. And, and, you know, I really wanted to seek out the, the guys and girls that wrote all my favorite songs, you know, that wrote songs for George Strait or wrote songs for Alan Jackson, or Brooks and Dunn and, and really learn from them. You know, they're, they're around and, and they're, they're willing to write. And, you know, some of them maybe, you know, aren't uh, as in demand as they once were maybe in the nineties and early two thousands, but um, you know, they're still writing great songs and they're of course legendary songwriters. And so, you know, to get to learn from them, that was what, that was what I moved to town wanting to do was just get to learn from the best and kind of get a masterclass. And that's what ended up happening. Um, so, you know, it was, it was really a decision of like, okay, I can take, 
take my Texan roots and bring that to Nashville and tr- stay true to that. And, uh, and, you know, there's really, there's really no other place I, I would want to, you know, cut this record or, or write these songs in Nashville, but definitely bring in that Texas flair into it. I think you got to bring your own unique kind of flair to, to the town. If you want to, if you want to stand out. Definitely. We were, um, I was actually in Nashville in September and we got to do a tour of RCAA and, and lots of other places. And it was so interesting to learn so much about Nashville as a kind of music epicenter, even before country or like right at the very start of country. And obviously with Elvis and kind of rock and roll, the boom there as well. So Nashville kind of is such, you can see why it's called Music City, you know. Yep. Um, do you have- exactly. And there's not just, you know, there's not just country music. There's a lot of, a lot of different music around here. So it's, yeah. it's really, it's really a happening. It's always been a happening place. Do you have any favorite spots in the city? Uh, I love, um, I, you know, I live kind of outside of town, mm-hmm. um, kind of out. I've got some acreage out here and I love to get kind of out of the city. And when I, when I am home, you know, I've been on the road so much that I kind of like to just be out here and, and, you know, I'm kind of out here by a small town and, kind of live quietly, but, um, you know, I love, I love going to, you know, if I am in town, I love going to Robert's Western world, you know, listen, they, oh, they, yeah. they have some good, uh, honky tonking music there. And, and, uh, there's a great spot over on the East side, this, uh, uh Legion hall over there, mm-hmm. um, that, that does, uh, country Tuesday nights and, and honky tonk Tuesday nights. They, uh, you can go dance and they got good bands. So there's a couple of good, good honky tonk places around if I am in town. And obviously, one of the most kind of iconic places, the Opry, the Grand Old Opry, which you played in October, you debuted at. Absolutely. I'm actually sitting right here. I'm sitting kind of by my piano and I've got my, they they had my, they gave me my uh, custom parking spot they had for me when I pulled oh, up. Yeah. You know, it was reserved <laughs> for Drake Milligan, Grand Ole Opry debut. And, you know, it's, 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 it was so kind of surreal. Uh, to get to play the Grand Ole Opry, you know, it's something that for years and years you kind of dream about, you know, as a country music artist. And for me, I, I'm such a big fan of the history of country music. And, and you know, it, there's really no bigger stage than the Opry uh, for a fan of the history of country music. So, you know, to get to play that stage and I still I'm, I'm sitting here, I look at that that sign and I and I walk by it and I go, man, OK, that really did happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of so surreal and it kind of flies by. Everything's kind of flown by recently. You know, you try to sit there and enjoy the moment, but man, stuff just flies by. And I, you know, still kind of can't believe that I actually did that. Yeah, it's crazy. What dressing room did you get? Because there's obviously uh, I got the, they have the debut dressing room. Yeah, oh, I see. Did it have one yeah, of the they, themes? They have or? like the, if you, when you make your opera debut, there's a, no, it's not really a theme. You just kind of come in and it's got their, their dressing room has quotes from people who have played the opera, you know, on the walls. Um, there's piano in there. Uh, it's, it's kind of the, the designated uh, debut dressing room. And so you kind of get to go around and read these quotes and, and, you know, kind of take in the moment and see how, you know, how much, what's really cool is to see my heroes, how much they revere and revered the opera, and, you know, to get to, to get to be on that same stage. And that was really cool. Absolutely. So um, something we do here with everyone that we bring on to Strokes of Country is we ask about a song that you think should have been a hit 
or a song that you love that you think people didn't get to it didn't get the kind of exposure that it deserved so we call it the banger that should have been do you have a pick <laughs> <laughs> i have a pick i was actually listening to it this morning um uh, i was listening to uh, charlie worsham who is oh, one yeah. of the most i think talented guys uh in music period i mean he's just a fantastic guitar player fantastic singer great songwriter and just a sweetheart of a human and uh He's got a song called Could It Be uh, that is just amazing. And and all of his music's amazing. He's got an EP, a recent EP that he put out that's great. It's got a song called Sugar Cane that's awesome. But this song, Could It Be, I think, I was listening to this morning just going, man, this is a freaking smash hit. And I don't don't know how, you know, it wasn't just a number one giant hit. Um, And he's just, I think, I think one of these days it's going to, totally pop off for him and he's going to be the biggest thing in country music yeah i we, we love him as well that's that's a good pick um so before we close off i just guess you know what's coming what what have you got coming up that we can look forward to anything that you're working on at the moment you know i'm so focused on being on the road right now um i'm actually you know i've been on i'm just getting off of a uh five run five or five day run right now uh five shows in a row so you know, every weekend I'm pretty much out on the road and there's not a whole lot of time for writing right now, but luckily I've kind of amassed a whole slew of songs uh, in the last five years, you know, not really, I could, I could go cut another record right now and be, mm. be content with it. Um, but you know, once, once that we hit the new year, I'm going to kind of start, start really thinking about a new record and what I can do and what I want to do. Um, you know, and, and including, you know, maybe cutting outside songs, songs that I haven't written that, yeah. and I'm going to, you know, dive in and try to try to see if I can beat, you know, the songs that I do have kind of ready to go. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that second record or starting to and, and uh, you know, really want to beat out the first one. Have you got any plans to come over to the UK at all? Oh, I'm hoping to get over there really soon. Yeah, we'd um, love to I don't have think you. there's anything set in stone right now, but we are uh, we're definitely looking at it. Um, I, I really want to come. I've never been never been to the UK. I've got some friends. Uh, from the UK and, and uh, I've never been uh, crossed the pond at all. So definitely looking forward to that and hoping to get over there next year. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us here and we can't wait to hopefully see you in the UK soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That was Drake Milligan. What a man. Remember to go to wineow.co.uk to hear the full episode with music from all the best and brightest in new country music, as well as our classic country icons. We've got some really exciting upcoming guests. You should follow us over on Instagram at Strokes of Country for all the updates. You can also follow Wineow on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Wineow World. Once again, this was a Wineow production. Thanks again to BBR Music and we will see you soon. Bye. Strokes of Country.